ready for it? Welcome to Enchanted, a Taylor Swift podcast. For us three Swifties, this is our holy ground. Every episode will consist of us breaking down a Taylor Swift song based on her lyrics when she wrote the song, our own connections to the song, and of course, throwing out different theories based on our girl's love of a good Easter egg. Come back, be here every Sunday for a new episode. Welcome back. We are here for round two, episode two of Enchanted, a podcast where we talk all things Taylor Swift. I am Meredith, not her cat, the real human being um, who is just honored that she chose to name her cat after me, but you know, that's fine. And I'm back with Cardi C and Christina, and we are here today to chat about State of Grace, the first track off of Red, Taylor's version, and for me, I just love that you can like dance to the song. Like you can just truly rock out and just enjoy every little moment of it. Yeah. What do you guys think? I I agree with you 100%. But then I will also add in on the flip side of that, when you put in the acu- acoustic version, acoustic, acoustic, however you say it. Potato, potato. When, when you play that, and it gives like a whole new life to that song of like just cold chills and kind of like, I don't, it's just, it's so magical. I will tell you guys, I constantly get this song confused with Holy Ground because yeah. State of Grace and Holy Ground as, you know, church kid here, um, that's <laughs> when you grow up like that and you just get holy and grace mixed up all the time. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so if I reference something from Holy Ground, you can be like, Cody, you're an idiot. That isn't from State of Grace. <laughs> and I'll be like, or Holy Ground, whatever. See, I'm already getting it confused. Already. Jeez, Carson. We'll, for- we'll, we'll forgive you. Thank you. We'll forgive you. Thank you. <laughs> we will give you a State of Grace <gasps> in <Beautiful>. this Holy Ground. <gasps> Now you're going to confuse all of us. <laughs> We're all confused here. Christina, oh. what about you? Like, as you said that this is your favorite album, so. Yes. This like, song very much reminds me of being in New York City in the fall. Like, the vibes of it, right, and the lyrics, you know, walking fast through the traffic lights, busy streets and busy lives. It just, that is what I picture whenever the song comes on. And I know like you think of 1989, you, it starts off with Welcome to New York and it's like big, bright. It's like being in Times Square kind of New York. This is more like taking a nice stroll through Washington Square Park or Central Park and just being there in the middle of fall. And yeah, that's the best way I can describe it. I think I should have to jump in here that looking back at the lyrics, when she references the... um Oh, it's totally the twin fire signs Mm. and the four blue eyes. I know Mm. it's not like the exact thing, but she has that similar wording in the all too well, 10 minute version, right? Like did the blue flame maim you too? And I just like, even though I don't have blue eyes, there's just something that's just so like, it just, it just draws you in. And you're just like, yes, like I want my partner to have the same color eyes. I want it to be like bright and vibrant and just kind of get lost 
in that world. I don't even know if that makes sense, but it's just always something that has that that lyric has just pulled me in with. I love that. I will say, okay, throughout this entire album, and we can pick it apart per song. I feel like she very much manifested Joe Alwyn. And I will tell you why during every single one of these. So his eye color is a hazel blue for blue eyes. Yes. Yes. And as we go, I will pick up the references throughout, but this album, while it was through heartbreak and this song has a lot of ups and downs to it. Cause I mean, this is where we get love is a ruthless game and all of that. I really do feel like she was just putting it out into the world maybe unconsciously this manifestation of the perfect guy for her. And then she found him years later, but she found him. So when you brought up four blue eyes, that's exactly where my head went. You know, now I'm just sitting back thinking that go back to like 2011, 2012 or whatever. um, And Joe Alwyn is listening to red stolen version. And he's like, I'm not going to do an English accent, but <laughs> just imagine if he was like, you know, I really feel like me and this girl would get along really well. And <laughs> then she goes to Calvin Harris, who. We could talk about him on 1989. <laughs> we talk about him on 1989. I forgot about him. Oh, oh that It's what led to her going away for a while. All of that. It was just too much. No, I know. But like, now that you like bring it back up, I'm like, Oh, right. You forgot that he existed. Yeah. So did. And that's okay. So did she. So did she. So did she. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, no. The song is just, it's just so lyrically beautiful. And that's why I love this album because she does this a lot where she talks about like this being a worthwhile fight. Love is a ruthless game unless you play it good and right. Yeah. And it just makes you, as you go through the album, I feel like a lot of the album's kind of themes are found in this song. So that's, I I was going to say, this is the best way to um, create a grand entrance for red as a whole, because everything it, it red as a whole is truthfully, in my opinion, a state of grace and, and everything in every song mm-hmm. that she has made with red all of it was made yes some with anger some with happiness some with everything but at the root of it all of it kind of has a sense of grace a sense of purity a sense of you know just nice but like in in an interesting type of way if that makes sense absolutely i mean i i pulled the lyrics back up just because there are so many i wanted to make sure like i did it all justice but I feel like this goes to your point, Cody, when she's like, our slates are clean. Like every moment of the album, she gives you that permission to find a sense of purity, to find that cleanliness, whether it's for yourself or for a relationship. But then she has, you know, this beautiful moment where, you know, she says, I've loved in shades of wrong. We learned to live with the pain mosaic broken hearts. And I feel like it all just works so well together that even though there's the duality of clean slate, but then a broken mosaic, like that's exactly what every phase of your life is. 
And that's so much of what this album is as well. Like one moment you're just dancing with her and you're like, yes, I'm in love. Life is great. And then in the next moment, in the next breath, you do feel like everything is just falling apart, but in such a beautiful way. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's really for when she wrote it back in her early twenties, it was true then, but like most of her songs, you always have that season where you do need to find that grace, where you are going through these ups and downs and turns and twists. And you have to kind of wade through that. And this song can hit home then too. I just love that. Even though I listened to this album when I was 23, 24, almost a decade later, it is still like just as profound and relevant in my life as it was then. And it's, it's so mind boggling how she does it. Like every, I don't know about you guys, but like every album that has come out, especially within the last two years, I just feel like it's coming at the exact moment that I needed it. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I don't know how she does it, but I'm here for it. <laughs> um, she's the one that controls all of the actual robotic birds in the world. So she knows what we're all going through. That would actually make sense. <laughs> Sorry, now. Well, now I'm thinking of that TikTok trend where it's like she knows, she knows, she knows. Anyways, that's sorry. That's that's where my head is at (laughs) right now. Yeah, there are unfortunately no TikTok trends. Wow, that was really hard to say. With State of Grace, which I wonder if we should try to start one. What we would do, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I guess I just don't understand like what makes a trend a trend like some of the things that are out there right now just feel like a real stupid (laughs) do you have an example (laughs) i'm just trying to like think of like i can't even i can't even like actually put into words because like i love the shower one that we talked that we've talked about before yeah but I don't know. There was one that I was looking at. It probably was like a week ago at this point. Cause I haven't been on TikTok, and I was just like, how is th- like, why is this what is taking off? Yeah, I know. Maybe I'm just like too old. I've like hit the threshold of like, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not in it. I'm really into this. Cool. You're not coming to my tea party. Bethany, I made this dance. I don't know why it's so funny, but it's so much. <laughs> just screams. <laughs> Meredith, that's the one I thought you were going to say. <laughs> I don't think you've seen this one yet. If you've been off for about a week. There's no way. I don't think. Go look at my reels. I made one using the sound. <laughs> it's really stupid. But it is. <laughs> you aren't coming to my tea party. <laughs> Bethany, I made biscuits. <laughs> so stupid. But I love it so much. <laughs> But yeah, no, I I understand what you're saying. I feel like a lot of people for this album chose, and rightfully so, all too well as like the TikTok trend. Even though Taylor herself tried to make nothing new, the um, <laughs> drunk Taylor version. What about getting drunk Taylor? Yeah, the drunk Taylor, <laughs> which was fantastic. <laughs> but I wish someone would do one for Steve Grace. So I'm gonna figure that out. Do you let us know what you come up with? You know, and. My last thought on State of Grace, just, I'm thinking about 
putting myself in Taylor's shoes, revisiting all of this music and stuff mm. 10 years down the road. Do you all think that, you know, making this album gave her a new state of grace in, in the sense of, you know, I am taking ownership back of what is mine. And at the same time, it, it's also opening up the album to a brand new audience. Like there are people that are probably 15, 14, however years old and have become Taylor Swift fans due to the pandemic. And now they're listening to red and they're like, Oh my goodness. Like you all got this 10, 11 years ago and we're just getting it now. And so uh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I just think that that's like, it's, it's, it's another element to why I think it's so important for red to start off with state of grace in my opinion i like that and i forget was this the original first track mm-hmm. yeah okay yeah the first however many tracks it was did not change including the okay. del- i believe the deluxe ones okay that i felt like there were a couple like, other deluxe acoustic versions oh no it was the original demos of treacherous did not make it on this album but they were on the deluxe um of the red stolen version okay yeah all right i think we should as we go through the songs rate them on a scale of one to 13 (laughs) even if that means that every song gets a 13 in your eyes that's fine but i think we should do it what do you guys think i think that's great Care for it. All right. So state of grace. Co or Cardi C. <laughs> what is your number? Girl. I so I'm gonna be a critique in this regard because I'm not gonna give every song a 13 because I don't as much as I want to, I also have to put my you know glasses on correctly. I'm going to have to say an 11 and this is why state of grace is a great song to start off red with. It is not a song that I seek out all the time Mm. period. And that's how I'm going to leave it. It's a great song. Don't get me wrong. Fantastic. Just not a song that I see seek out regularly to cry to, to dance to, to something of that nature. If that makes sense. That makes sense. That makes sense. I also was going to give an 11 out of 13 because I think the lyrics are beautifully woven together. But like you said, it's not a song that I seek out. I do think it's a cohesive part of the album, but it's not like all the way up here on lyrics, music, and popularity. Even though popularity doesn't play a huge role, but... Yeah, I couldn't imagine a different song, though, being the first song. How about you, Meredith? I'm here for Lucky 13. There's just something about this song that has always resonated with me. And it is one of the few songs that, like, no matter when it comes on, whether I'm just, like, shuffling my Apple Music or whatever, like, I will always listen to it. Um, So for me... Kicking it off with a 13. Ooh. 
I well, was, I go ahead. I was going to say, I do think that I would like a tattoo of a mosaic broken heart. I think that would be really cool. So if any tattoo artists are listening to this and you're like, I have an idea. Yeah. Let us know. Cause I think that that would be so cool. Also, doesn't that tie back to 1989? In a way. Yes. It In a way. You're not wrong. But part of the mosaic has to be blue. Oh, I just feel. Yeah. You need like a little bit of red, a little bit of blue, a little dark gray. Why? Listen to our next episode and you can find out why. This episode was sparkling. Don't you let it go. We are just as excited to meet and connect with you as you are to meet and connect with the one and only Taylor Swift herself. So go follow us on Instagram at Enchanted Pod and tell us your theories, favorite songs, and so much more. See you there.